You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel, the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. And we will kick off the reading tonight in the 6th verse. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 6. Very familiar passage of scripture. I feel the Lord has laid this on my heart tonight, and I just pray that you're encouraged by what the word of God says. It says, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem and unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land which spoke unto David, saying, except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither thinking David cannot come in hither. Now, to put that in perspective, they actually taunted David. They were making fun of David, as the enemy would love to do with us today, and he's doing that. He wants to taunt us. He wants to tell us what cannot happen and what will not happen. And actually, they were telling David, we're going to send out our blind and those who are in our community who can't even walk and you can't even defeat them. And we dare you to try to come in here and take us. And then the text says this, and this is what I love. Verse seven is where our text is tonight. It says, nevertheless, nevertheless, there's always a nevertheless when it comes to God. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. David said on that day, whosoever get up and gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, the blind and the lame shall not come in this house. And then the Bible says, so David dwelt in the fort and called the city, the city of David. And David built round about from Milo. And, inward. and I want to take a subject tonight from the seventh verse. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity, this privilege to minister, to stand before your people and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you tonight to help us to anoint us anoint us to preach anoint us to teach and to minister your word anoint the people to hear what i believe you have given us for this service tonight and lord we give you the glory and we give you the praise and we ask it in jesus name and everyone said amen david has now been made king over all of israel it took them some seven years to accept the will of God. And the will of God was that David was the king. Not over just a certain part of Israel, but that he was the king over all of Israel. And now David, of course, if you read 2 Samuel chapter 5, the opening of this chapter tells us that David is now king over all of Israel. David was God's man. And what's going to be important to this message tonight is for us to understand who David was a type of. David was a type 
only a type, of course, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as our conqueror. If you study the life of David, you will see highs and lows unlike any other man in Scripture. I mean, David experienced great victories in his life, and David experienced some of the most horrid failures that a man of God could ever even imagine. But yet and still, God called him, not what man called him, but God said he was the sweet psalmist of Israel. God said he was a man after my own heart. I mean, it doesn't matter what man says about you. What matters is what God says about you. And man may draw a conclusion because he knows you after your failure. But God knows you despite the failure. Some of you got to get that tonight. God knows who you are. God sees who you are going to be. God knows you at your baby stages. God knows who you are. I mean, and so when you look at the life of David, it's so amazing because David is now king over all of Israel. And uh, it was the will of God that he was king. He was anointed years before. He was called, I mean, you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Bible says uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, God had to correct Saul and said, listen, I mean, Samuel, he says, how long will you mourn for Saul seeing that I have rejected him? He said, listen, I've already moved on. Now I want you to go to the house of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, and I want you to anoint his son because he's going to be king over Israel. He wasn't the choice of man. And you got to be careful when we choose. Uh, because what we're going to do is we're going to choose somebody who looks appealing to us, who sounds appealing, but it may not be God's choice. And if it's not God's choice, then the, the anointing won't flow like it ought to flow. If it's man's choice, he may be able to intellectualize you. He may be able to preach you happy, but no yokes will be destroyed if the anointing is not present. Can I get a witness in here? Uh, we don't need smooth speeches we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost and when the anointing moves upon a vessel he uses earthen vessels broken vessels and fills them with the anointing of the spirit and God moves and begins to destroy yokes in the lives of people David was God's choice and so the Bible says that now he has made so Israel has taken a step in the direction that God wants them to go and when you follow the will of God, first of all, we've got to understand there will always be resistance in the will of God. There will always be a fight in the will of God. The enemy is not going to just let you go. The enemy is going to try to destroy and to distract and to pull us away from what God wants us to do. But David, uh, the, the Israelites had moved in the direction God wanted them to go. And all of a sudden the Bible says, and when this happens, the, I, I find it interesting that the first thing David did before he put his cabinet together, before he selected all of his mighty men. Before he did anything else, the Bible says that he went to Jabez. He went to the Jebusites in Jerusalem, uh, one of the most powerful tribes, one of the most powerful people, because Jerusalem was the place and the only place in Scripture that God would put his name. Now think about that for just a moment. Jerusalem is the place, not, not any other nation, not any other place, but Jerusalem. And you got to understand that God didn't put his name anywhere else. He put his name in Jerusalem. 
And if this is what God said, then this is what David must do. So David goes to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that when he gets there, he's met with opposition. He's met with mockery. He's met with taunting from the enemy. Have you ever gone through anything and the devil began to tell you what you could not have? The devil starts to tell you what's not going to happen. The devil starts to tell you you're not going to be healed. He starts to tell you you're never going to have victory over this area in your life. The stronghold. The very strongest part of the city. The fortress of the city. And if you can take the stronghold, you can take the city. Why do you think the devil has set up shop in the church? Come on somebody. Why do you think the enemy fights gospel preaching so hard? Why do you think the enemy fights music so hard? Because he wants to take over the body of Christ. And if he can take down God's men, if he can take down God's music, then he can take the church. That's why it's so vital that we have shepherds who are under the shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ who are anointed by God and called by God. That's why it's important. You got to go back to, and I don't want to get too deep into all of that, but you even know who Lucifer is. He was in charge of worship in heaven. Why do you think the devil wants the music? Why do you think the devil wants your music? Why do you think the enemy wants your phone? Why do you think the enemy wants your, your iPod? Why do you think the enemy wants your Pandora? Come on, somebody, let's be real in here. Why do you think the enemy wants you listening and engaging into music that is not glorifying God? Because if he can get your worship, if he can get you worshiping on the altar of the devil Monday through Saturday, by the time you get here Sunday morning, you won't be able to lift your hands. He's trying to destroy the people of God. None of us are exempt. I'm not standing up here because I'm perfect. I'm not standing up here because I'm exempt. None of us are exempt from this process. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that Jesus went into the wilderness, but he was led there by the Spirit. And Jesus had to go through a wilderness of testing. Think about that. But the Bible says when he came out, he came out in the power of the Spirit. Now, we're all going to go through some things. We're all going to be faced with opposition. We're going to be faced with turmoil. We're going to be faced with pain. We're going to be faced with uh, decisions that we must make. And if I can, I just want to talk to you. I want to minister to you for just a moment because I think it's important. As David went to uh, the Jebusites and Jerusalem to take the stronghold, you and I have to understand uh, and be real tonight that there are strongholds in our lives. Some of us are sitting here tonight and there are strongholds there. There are areas of our life that the enemy has fought you the hardest. Are we going to be honest with tonight? He's fought you the, hard, the hardest here. And it's different. It varies from, from different people. I'll quote Brother Larson here. He says, get in the buffet line. Because this thing hits all of us. Failure and struggles, it hits all of us. But one thing about it is this. It doesn't matter what the struggle is or the stronghold is. The person who showed up to take the stronghold was David. That's right. And the one who David speaks of 
When I tell you he ultimately destroyed and defeated the stronghold, he did it 2,000 years ago on the cross. Now, that's so important that we understand. David in the Old Testament was a conqueror. David had a reputation. You can think about that. David had, see, when David showed up, people were uh, intimidated. They, they struggled because, I mean, he had a reputation that went on since, since he was a teenager. My brother talked about it last night. He took him and he took out Goliath. David went with his bare hand. I mean, you got to think about a young man who was a, a cute young man. What do you mean cute? He was a pretty boy. He was a pretty boy. Matter of fact, when, that, when uh, Samuel came to the house of Jesse to anoint a king, the Bible says Samuel went through the house and he was trying to pick out the sons of Jesse. And God said, that's not him. That's not him. Oh, that's not him. And Samuel was like, surely he's the one. And God said, listen, you look upon the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. I'm not looking for a giant in stature. I'm looking for a giant in the faith. Come on, somebody tonight. You may pick somebody out of a lineup. I'm not mighty because of my height or our size. That doesn't bring the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Paul was a walking anointed man of God. And every evidence is he was short. He didn't have a very appealing appearance. But when he opened his mouth, he said, For the preaching of the cross is to them who perish foolishness. But unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. Paul said, when I came into your city, I preached demonstration and I preached power. In other words, when you preach the cross, you preach the power of God and there's demonstration with that. What does that mean? Drug addicts get saved. Drunkards get saved. Homosexuals get saved. There's a demonstration of the, of the spirit of God. And we need that. I don't want to just talk about power. I want to experience power. I want to walk in power. I want to know what the power of God is. Yeah, I want to lift my hands in church, but I want to live holy when I'm out there. I want the power manifesting in my life. I want it moving in my life. Stronghold. You don't have to tell me. But you just got to be honest with yourself that there's strongholds. There are areas there that, and, and, and all of us have asked why. You remember the Old Testament? The woman of God had been asking God for children, Genesis. And when God blessed her with children, he blessed her with twins, Jacob and Esau. And she said, because the Bible says they struggled within her. And she asked the question, she said, Lord, if it be so, why am I thus? In other words, you answered prayer and gave me children. Why is there such a struggle there? Have you ever asked why? Are you going to be honest tonight? Is there an area of your life you're struggling? You don't have to tell me, but an area, I, let me be honest with myself. Those, some things fell off years ago, and then some things it seems like the enemy fights you harder. If it be so, why am I thus? You saved me, Lord. Then why am I like this? 
you delivered me. Why is this there? Are we going to be an honest church tonight and just tell a lie? This is not a message that says, hey, no big deal. Go out and live it. That's not what the cross is, to go out and live in sin. But we can be honest tonight and say in faith, this is here right now. But I believe according to the word of God, he's going to get rid of it. That's truth. Not trying to be holier than thou and act like I don't have problems. But I know who the problem solver is tonight. And his name is Jesus Christ. But the strongholds are there. And they are there. And you know, the enemy knows you're struggling. The enemy knows that there are problems. And he's the one who's taunting you. He's the one who's saying, you're never going to have victory over this. He's the one who's saying, you're never going to overcome this. He's the one who's saying this thing has been there for a long time. And see, what happens a lot of times is we're fighting, but we're not fighting the good fight of faith. We're fighting and warring after the flesh. And spiritually speaking, we are dwindling down. We're tired. We're frustrated. Come here, Nicholas. You man. He was like, I know he's going to call. I use them all the time at home. <laughs> Believe it or not, Nicholas is older than him. <laughs> you get back, devil. <laughs> this is us. This is you. Now, this is what you look like fighting against sin. I want you to take him out. Nicholas, take him down. But Junior, don't you let him take you down. Come on. Try. You see what happens? That's a little comical, but this is what happens. He knew he couldn't win. So what did he say? The first thing he told me before he started is not going to happen. That's you and I. Fighting against the devil. Fighting against sin. Go ahead, fight him. Come on, come on. Try to take him down. You got to fight harder. And see, this is what happens when, when the church, and we mean well, when we keep looking at Nicholas and say, you got to try harder. You got to read 10 more chapters a day. You got to fast for 21 days and you can have victory over that. And all of a sudden you're saying, but I'm fasting, but I'm, I'm doing, I had one guy tell me I was struggling with profanity. And he said, what I did was, he said, every day I woke up, I made a confession and said, I'm not going to curse no more. I'm not going to cuss no more. I'm not going to cuss no more. I'm not, but he never could overcome it by confessing it away. He kept fighting. Come on, fight. He kept trying. Come on, y'all. I'm going to get like Coach Sullen in here. My brother know who that is, though. You can't, you can't stop him. You can't take him down. See, that's the stronghold. That's the stronghold. And see, what happens with the stronghold is, see, the, Jesus said, if you're going to take the strong man's house, you're going to have to bind the strong man. I wish y'all got that. See, this is where the problem is. Not Nicholas. Are you going to let me do it? You going to let me do it? Okay, now the stronghold is here. Now. See, now I took out the strong man. I took down the giant. I took down what was destroying you. All you got to do is keep looking to me. And now you stand with me victorious. And when the stronghold is taken out, you, when the stronghold is taken out, you can live in victory. 
You can have everything that God has for you. I know the stronghold may be depression. I know the stronghold may be pornography or whatever it is. But David went in and he said, I'm going to take down the stronghold and nothing can stop me. Somebody give God praise if you know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. Let me tell you something. Junior, he okay. He tough, man. He like my brother, man. So y'all don't worry about him. I seen Mario break his arm before and go in the house and sit down and watch TV. No, I'm serious. Arm this big, and he was sitting there. You gonna go to the hospital, man? But listen to me. So the, the enemy was taunting him, and they said, listen, David, we know what you did to Goliath. We heard about all of that. But see, this, this is not Goliath here. We got a whole stronghold here. This is not just one man. You just, he said, matter of fact, David, we're so strong. We're going to send out the people in our camp who can't see and who can't walk. And you're so weak that you can't even take them out. David looked at him for lack of better terms, and said, man, please. You, you, you evidently don't know who I... See, they forgot what David said when he took down Goliath. He said, see, you came out here with a spear. You came out here with all of these carnal weapons. But I came in the name... Come on, somebody. I came in the name of the, the God of Israel. I came in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, he says, the name of the Lord is a, come on somebody, anybody know what I'm talking about, is a strong tower. The word name in the Hebrew there is reputation. Oh, I, man, I get happy when I think about his reputation. His reputation precedes him. Have you ever met somebody and their reputation preceded them? When I was in high school, my brother, I love to pick on, he was the strongest person on the football team. I mean, he was in 10th grade. Bench pressing 400 pounds. I was bench pressing 90. <laughs> True story. He come in in one arm and just lift it off. Man. I, said, I have been lifting weights with my brother-in-law for years. and I mean, that's three years. We thought we were doing something, man. We had gotten up to three plates on the bench press. And Mario lift weights in 15 years. This is a true story. 15 years. He walked in the gym. I did one rep, no, three reps. My brother-in-law did two reps. Mario did 10. We were lifting every day. He didn't lift in 15 years. He had a reputation. Matter of fact, when he walked in the weight room, people say, y'all get out of the way. Big Mario's here. He had a reputation. Well, see, God's got a reputation. See, remember when the children of Israel went to Jericho? The folks say, oh, I know it's over now because the God of Israel is here. Oh, you got to get that. God's got a reputation. He's got a reputation of opening seas. He's got a reputation of raising the dead. He's got a reputation of making an axe head float. He's got a reputation of talking to Lazarus and saying, Lazarus, come forth. He's got a reputation, good God from on high, of straightening up withered hands. He's got a reputation of cleansing lepers. And if he can do all of that, what do you think he can do for you? Somebody ought to shout in here tonight. 
Let me tell you what you see when you learn about when, when my brother, guess what I used to do? Because of his reputation, I would walk in and talk trash. Big brothers got me. I ain't even worried about it. Folk would say, don't mess with him. That's Mario's little brother. You got to start being like that with God. I'm not worried about it. God's got me. I'm not worried about what you said, devil. God's going to fight for me. And if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, then victory shall be mine. That's what I'm here for. Man, I feel like shouting. He's got a reputation. His name precedes him. He's never lost. Nineteen ninety-one, the year I was born. <laughs> I'm gonna lie in a minute. I said ninety-five, and father. Nineteen ninety-one. Some of you old folks remember this. That was a man. If I call his name, I bet you you're just gonna look up. His name. They called him Iron Mike. You just hear it, don't you? Mm. He's got a reputation. But 1991, his reputation was when he showed up in a boxing ring, they said this about Mike Tyson. They said he would win the fight before it started. When he walked to the ring, his opponent would automatically be terrified. First round, the fight was over. But in 1991, he ran up against a man who had something to fight for. A man who was not afraid of him. And you talk about breaking news all over the world. Down goes Mike Tyson. Defeated for the first time. Now think about that. For People actually said he was unstoppable. But he lost. When the Bible tells you that God is unstoppable, he can't lose. And see, that's what kind of amazes me because you'll see the track stars. When I was a little boy, that was Carl Lewis and then that was Michael Johnson. And in their prime, they would say, he can't lose. He can't lose. A couple of years later, guess what happened? Somebody beat him. But when it comes to God, he cannot lose. I want you to get that tonight. He not Well, maybe if they get a different strategy, no strategy can destroy him or defeat him. When Jesus said... It is finished. You got to get that tonight. He said, it's done. In other words, he crushed the head of the enemy. Everything that you will face in your life, he already conquered it. Well, what do I do? You walk in that. Well, brother, I'm down right now. But you keep holding on to hope that I'm on the road to victory, not because of me, but because of him. And that's what... David's reputation was. He was a man who just didn't lose. But ultimately he was flawed. But Jesus is not and was not. And the Bible tells us in the book of second, I mean the book of Chronicles, not Chronicles, Colossians, chapter two. The Bible says. He blotted out the handwriting 
of ordinances that were against us. He took them out of the way by nailing them to his cross. And then it says, he spoiled principalities and he triumphed over them. And the Bible tells us that he defeated them. And then Paul told us in 2 Corinthians, he says, but thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory. How? Through Jesus Christ. Then John came along in 1 John and says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He says, when you place faith in Jesus Christ, he says, you have now connected yourself to victory. You're on the winning team. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell you tonight. The battle is scripted. I'm going to ruin the movie for you. You ever been watching a movie or a series or something that was suspense and somebody who's seen it came in and tell you, oh, I'll tell you, that's a killer right there. <laughs> well, I'm going to ruin it for you. This book, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. This is the will and testament of Jesus Christ. You know what a will and testament is. It's a legal document. And you can't receive the benefits until the one who it's about dies. Well, this is the will and testament of a man named Jesus Christ. Well, 2,000 years ago, he died. But the unique thing about him, he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he got up from the dead. And so what he did was when he died, he left you and me and the entire world who will say yes to him. We are the beneficiaries. What does it say? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. What does it say? By the which we are sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. What does it say? It says if you believe on him, as the scripture has said, he said you will have eternal life. What does your will and testament say? It says if you believe on him, though you were dead, yet shall you live. I feel that tonight. He said in the word, if you believe, you will speak in other tongues. That's what the will says. He said what else did he say? He said this. He said because I died and I was buried and I rose from the dead. I became the first fruits of them who would be resurrected from the dead. What does that mean? That means at the latter time when the trump of God blows the dead in Christ shall arise first and we which are alive shall be caught up to meet him in the air. That's what your future is. What does it say? It says, I looked up, John says, and on the white horse, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He said, I saw his vesture dipped in blood. I saw a name written on him that said, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw the saints with him. That's what your future is. You can't quit. Somebody give God praise tonight. You can't give up. Nevertheless, somebody said nevertheless. What does nevertheless mean? It says, in spite of this. That's what the word means. So in spite of what the enemy said, nevertheless, David took the stronghold. 
They said, you can't come in here, David. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold. He said, you will never overcome this depression. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold. Saints, you can overcome if you will place your faith in Jesus Christ. But brother, what if I stumble? It's not if. It's when. Get up. Somebody said, well, that's a weak gospel. No, I'm talking about weak people. But the gospel is not weak. He says, get up. And you keep looking to Jesus Christ. And you keep holding. Don't you quit. The worst thing you can do is quit. Brother Swagger says, God can't help you if you quit. He's in the business of helping folk who are down. Folk who are struggling. He'll help you. Just don't quit. He'll take the stronghold out of your life. And singers and musicians, you can come. And when he takes the stronghold, I want to tell you tonight, you can walk in victory. You will walk in victory. Because of who Jesus is. Not because of what I've done. But because of who Jesus Christ is. And I'm going to place my faith in him. And I'm going to believe him. And hold on for victory in my life. Would you stand to your feet all over the house of God? If you don't mind, I want you to bow your heads tonight. And whatever you guys have, just let the Lord lead you and guide you. Tonight it may be you who has a stronghold in your life. It may be It may not be what your neighbor is dealing with, but this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to focus on your neighbor. Focus on your child, your parent, or your friend. I want you to just let the Lord begin to deal with your heart. And I want to say this tonight. Just walking down to the altar is not going to give you victory. Me laying hands on you within and of itself, that's not where the victory is. I want you to come so that we can pray for strength and we can believe God with you. But ultimately, you have to embrace what Christ has done for you at Calvary. That's where the power of the Spirit resides. And that He is, the Holy Spirit, is the help you need to overcome. Well, brother, what if it's this? What if it's that? If you notice tonight, I'm not really just trying to... I mean, we can do that and that has this place list out 50 different sins. The reason why is because the emphasis tonight is this. Whatever the sin is, whatever the stronghold is, the answer is still the same. His name is Jesus Christ. And I want you tonight, if you're here tonight, and maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and maybe you don't know uh, who, you, you, you haven't accepted him as Lord of your life. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, you, you feel like uh, he couldn't save me. Brother Steve was telling my brother now about a young man today who he had the privilege of leading to Christ in prison. Begin to inquire, you know, could he really do that for me? Could he really change me? And obviously, Brother Steve told him, God can change you. The man accepted Jesus Christ with tears running down his face. And he can do the same thing for you tonight. Just like the young man who was about to take his own life. He took a gun and he went out into a dark road.
he says, I'm going to end my life. And by the time he got to the end of the road, there was a church at the end of that road. And the choir in that church was singing, there is room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. And they tell me he went into that church and he asked that preacher, is what they're singing about true? Is there still room for me? And the preacher said, yes, there's room for you. And God saved him, changed him, and he became a preacher of the gospel, I'm told. Just like uh, another young man, William Cowper, who tried to take his own life several times. Several times. And ultimately, he came to the place of accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he picked up his pen and he wrote the words, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flow and lose all their guilty stain. Tonight, if you're not saved, I want to simply ask you to raise your hand and say, brother, there's so much going on in my life. I need Jesus. I've tried everything else. If that's you tonight, you've tried everything else. Tonight, you can taste and see that the Lord is good. If it's you, if you need Jesus to come into your life, I'm going to ask you to come around this altar. Maybe you're already saved, but there's a stronghold. There's a bondage in your life. There's an a area of your life. You don't have to tell anybody what that is, but you know that there's a bondage there, and you want God to deliver you from that bondage. As they sing tonight, I'm going to tell you this altar is open for believers who want to pray. Come on tonight around this altar, and let's just begin to call on the name of the Lord. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Come on tonight, just begin to cry out to him. Lord, I need you to save me. I need you to take this thing away. I need you to take this this besetting sin away. I need, I want it gone from my life. I, I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want to be set free. Tonight, victory is yours through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low, if you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.